Hello everyone and welcome to episode 356 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. What's up today, Richard? Hey Seth, doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing super well. We got some modern to talk about today and secret layer drops. We got some cool topics for today. But before we get into all that, we got another co-host in Grim. Good morning, Grim. How are you today? <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I, I'm pretty, uh, I don't know, pretty excited just because uh, a lot of the news that had come out over the weekend um, from secret layer stuff was pretty cool. So can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, so our overview for the cast today, uh, this week was MTG Vegas. Uh, we had a big modern tournament, got some results from that. So we wanted to talk a little bit about modern in the big tournament this weekend. And then we got a huge secret layer announcement, including something we've never seen before in the secret layer series, a full hundred card commander deck coming as a secret layer drop. So we wanted to talk about that. And then of course, answer your fish mail. So that's the overview of the cast for today. Before we jump into it, a reminder, that our show today is brought to you by Card Conduit. And Card Conduit, you might have heard about them from us before. They are a great way to sell your magic card, and they are offering a new service. I'm going to do that one more time. Uh, Card Conduit, you may have heard of that about them from us before. They are a great way to sell your magic cards, and they're offering a new service that's geared towards selling smaller batches of valuable cards with a reduced service fee. With their curated shipment service, you can sell your cards at the best available buy list price with only a 5% fee. And as with all of Card Conduit services, you don't got to sort your cards or grade them. You get to skip all those hassles and just safely pack up your cards and ship them out. And of course, you'll get a detailed report with the results. So you can check out Card Conduit's curated shipment option as a way to buy list up to 150 cards with fast processing, optimized prices, and the low, low service fee of just 5%. And you can even get another 10% off by going to cardconduit.com goldfish. Card Conduit, they are the easiest way to sell your magic cards. So thank you so much to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And let's talk some modern. So this week was MTG Vegas. Uh, it seems like a lot of people showed up. There was a big modern event. I think I heard it was like 1,200 people that were in the main event. The coverage, a little bit lacking. There was no official coverage. So we have like uh, top eight deck lists that are being tweeted that are just kind of like pictures of the deck registry themselves. But Richard, what went down as far as modern at MTG Vegas? All right. So we, we spent the time to scan the pictures, the photographs of deck lists. Okay, I just yeah. got a rant. Like, Channel Fireball ran coverage. They forget how to post deck lists. They've been running coverage for so long. It was a, you know, it's like a big event for them, right? Because it's one of it's one of the very few, like, non-Wizards official events. Uh, so people are like, okay, so Wizards is not going to do Grand Prix. We're going to do it ourselves. And then they can't post deck lists. Uh, I, I'm confused. But anyway, so we have... Uh, we have eight pictures of decklists. <laughs> the the top eight uh, are essentially like Ikoria cards <laughs> forward. Like I looked at this list, so we have basically three Lurus decks: uh, Hardened Scales, Jun Saga, uh, Black Red Rock, a Kahira Four C Control, uh, Indomitable Creativity deck, two Amulet decks, and Salty Effect, and ultimately Rakdos Rock won the event and Seth described it basically as uh, Modern Horizons 2 block constructed tech <laughs> just playing all the new cards Ragavan uh, Voidwalkers uh, yeah so 
That is the top yeah. eight. Paper magic, people seem to want it, right? It's it's here, and here here's a big tournament, and show out was good. And we have a somewhat diverse, depending how you look at it. Like, on one hand, you have four companion decks. Uh, all the decks are heavily slanted towards Modern Horizons 2, but they all are basically, you know, a hodgepodge of different archetypes. So... You know, it is pretty diverse. Ah, yeah, it's I I don't know how I feel about modern at the moment. Like, it's still my favorite form and I still love it. But as you said, it's so, so strange because whenever I play a modern league or whenever I look at tournament results, it is very diverse, just like modern usually is. You got a ton of different decks that can be competitive. At the same time, it's also really dominated by Modern Horizons 2 cards in specific and cards from the last like couple of years. If you go back to like Modern Horizons 1 forward, a huge percentage of the non-land cards that actually show up in these decks were printed in that era. So it's a little bit strange when I think about modern, I think, okay, greatest hits of the last, you know, 20 years of magic, but really it's kind of ended up being the greatest to the last like three years of magic with a huge focus on modern horizons too but at the same time maybe that's fine like maybe i just need to come to grips with the fact that new cards are really powerful because the format is diverse and a lot of different decks can compete and there's a lot of cool decks going on you got you know aggro decks you got combo decks uh, you have control decks so you really do have every different archetype represented in this top eight so healthy but with a lot of new cards showing up i don't know what do you think Krim? like is that healthy or not healthy i i mean i guess my question is are, are you looking for modern back right before her like the first horizons came out because i i think this new modern is diverse and it is a, like oddly a lot of fun to play so it may not look great because like it's like well okay yes there's we need all the new cards modern is no longer a non-rotating format as it rotates with every new horizons but like the gameplay that's come out of it, I've actually really enjoyed. So I, I like it, but I could also understand like, you know, why you'd be weary of that because then, yeah, like having to buy new cards every other month is upsetting. But I mean, I, yeah, like, I like it too. Right. Okay. Like, cause I, I I'm, you know, like I am curious, like, you know, is this a bad thing? And like it, we are, you know, it, it's very far from like, you know, the the modern that we knew from like before Horizons 1, right? But it's still fun, so I guess I like it. It's, it's basically yeah, I, like old legacy where format's very diverse as long as you're playing Brainstorm, right? You know, which, which Brainstorm deck do you want to play? Uh, there's several of them. You can choose between all the Brainstorm decks. And then when you're in the game, it's amazing to cast brainstorm, right? Like people love playing legacy that, you know, people that actually play legacy, love it. Right. You know, they, even though everyone's playing brainstorm, it's great. Right. So I think that kind of sums up modern, right? Like, yes, you got to play with all the modern horizons card. Like I laugh at you if you try to play, you know, mana value three or more cards permanence uh, in, in this meta. And, but it's still fun, right? Like there, there's still a lot of diversity, but you're all playing basically monkey lures, saga decks right and you know what colors you want to play right good thing lures is two different colors so you have you know very many colors to splash into with your monkey so and then you know saga is colorless that's great right so i think the metagame is weird but it's still pretty fun 
And there's a lot of diversity if you just ignore the staples, right? <laughs> like you just just assume everyone starts with lures and a saga and a monkey in their deck and then see where you go from there, right? You want to splash white, you want to splash blue, like where do you want to go? That That is it. the one thing I don't like as much though. The fact that a lot of cool cards are just kind of like not really played because it just does not play with Luris. Uh, yeah, that that is something I dislike too. I I still wish Luris didn't exist. Uh, that that's the card. Even I don't know on power level, is it is dominating in modern? Is like Ragavan or whatever? I don't know. Maybe I do think it might be the strongest card of all time uh, pre Arata. But with the Arata, like it, it's still very good. But it does bother me that so many things that cost more than two mana just are not in the conversation. It comes up a lot during our set reviews when we do modern, and there'll be cards that we'll be discussing like before we uh, record our top ten list, and it'll be like, oh, this card's really sweet. It seems really good in this deck, but it costs three mana. So uh, are you really gonna drop your lures? to play this really cool card that would be really good in the archetype otherwise? No, obviously not. So I do feel like that ends up being a pretty big restriction. Loris is so powerful that uh, people are willing to really warp their decks to have advantage of it. So that does bother me a little bit. I gotta say, I don't know. I've, I've been working on this article, which I'm hoping to get up this weekend, an article and video about the, uh, the modern ban list and how the power level of modern is so high now. Maybe we need to reevaluate the ban list and unban some stuff because uh, the format is just so much more powerful than it was before. But part of this article has been looking back at old modern lists um, I was looking back at like 2015 modern and it's really unrecognizable compared to modern today. Like one of the best decks of the time was uh, this this like junk Abzan deck that was like four four sea shrinos, four tarmogoys, oh, four kitchen yeah. finxes. Did you steal just, my like, deck? Cast- <laughs> little kid junk. Is that, is that little little kid Abzan? Is that what we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, people were playing like putrefy as removal. It was just like it's so quaint. Get there's like blue white control with consecrated sphinx as the main finisher. Like looking at it compared to modern today and i was just shaking my head like i don't know we might have to do a video on this crime i don't know if most of those decks could honestly be like throne of eldraine standard decks like just looking at them <laughs> the power level is just so oh, yeah. much higher uh so yeah it's Ooh. we've definitely undergone a huge Chase shift. architect of thought was like really good i don't yeah. think yo we, we should totally yeah. do that just like take those modern decks and put them against standard decks from today i'm actually curious <laughs> You can probably I, I definitely think, beat the mid-range decks up like pretty easily. Do, do you remember yeah. oh, when yeah. we did the like the whatever the standard all-star battle where we yeah. picked all the band decks and we played against put them against each other? Well, I think it goes something along those lines. Like, can you imagine like Cobblade couldn't beat a Resolve Three Fairy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's. That's like true. It, it, mean, was, it was over. <laughs> I was going to say, like, maybe, like, the Storm decks or something would be good against the standard decks, but I kind of forgot that, like, Three Fairy exists and some of the other, like, just, like, hoser cards that exist in standard. So, I don't know. Like, maybe the modern combo decks could keep up, but I honestly think the fair decks, like, the the fair mid-range decks, especially, like, if there were no bans in standard with Okos and Omnas and Uros, like, there's no way the, like, oh, I'm going to cast my four Siege Rhinos and, you know, Lightning Helix out of the game, modern deck is going to keep up with that there's just there's no chance there's no chance as far as 
these decks in specific. Uh, I got a question for you, Richard, but first I want to point out, I think that the Salti Infect list is actually pretty spicy. Uh, I hadn't really thought about it, but Frexian Crusader with pro red and white kind of seems yep. insane in a world where everyone's playing Ragavan, everyone's playing three fairy, everyone's playing prismatic ending. Like a lot of decks are just kind of like drawing cold to a Frexian Crusader on the battlefield. Like, what are you going to do about it? It's just going to, it's just going to infect you out and you can't really stop it. So I think that was a really sweet bit attack. But what I want to ask you, Richard, what do you think about this evolution of Jund? When we were looking at the deck list before the cast, apparently Jund with Urza Saga is like the hot thing now. You're the Jund aficionado. What do you think of this new build? It's not Jund. You can call it Jund because it's the colors. But So what? what is Jund? Jund is a deck that just does not care about synergy and it just plays the raw, most powerful cards throughout the curve. And... You know, you have all these little synergy packages in, in, in Jund today, right? It's it's not Jund, right? So it is the colors, but it's not like I disrupt your hand, play my one threat and, and go to town, right? It's it's more of like a synergistic aggro deck. I, I don't know how you would describe this. Uh, so, you know, it is a deck, but it, it's not what you traditionally think is Jund. And I think what you think of as traditionally Jund doesn't exist anymore, right? Like the idea of one for wanting your opponent and playing off the top of your deck is like not a winning strategy in 2021. <laughs> so like the, the deck is kind of just like not a thing right now. And you do have decks in Jund colors, but they're not actually Jund. Yeah, I don't know. It, it definitely doesn't feel like traditional Jund, that's for sure. Uh, I don't know. I, I've seen some people call it like Zoomer Jund, which might be a good description <laughs> for it, but... But yeah, so I don't know. Any other any other thoughts on this uh, this top eight? I mean, Golgari that combo is now just like nonstop. I play against it so much. Wait, what? The, what combo? The, or like, sorry, I play against the the combo uh, that has a uh, Yogmoth in it. Oh oh oh, the lo- Yogmoth hospital like sacrifice yeah. and dying. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Deck's sweet. Po- deck is like kind of everywhere, so. Uh, probably whatever you're doing in modern should probably be able to beat that. Yeah. I mean, at least that is a combo that uh, the thing I like about that combo as far as being healthy for the meta is it is a combo that you can mostly disrupt with removal and graveyard hate. Like there is some timing issues with the removal because Yagmoth can sack stuff at instant speed. But in general, it's a combo that you can hate out with fairly common hate cards, which I think is a is a positive for the format. I think one surprise is. Not a lot of elementals uh, on online. I see a ton of these like just evoke elemental piles, like five color elementals. These Yarion evoke piles. None of those managed to actually make it into the top eight. So this was a tournament that was kind of dominated by the the Ragavan Urza Saga side of Modern Horizons, not the Cascade side, which is another big archetype online, and uh, and not the elemental evoke elemental side. I'm sure there's like a few of them in these lists randomly as like removal spells or. In endurances in the sideboard but really none of those made the top eight which i don't know maybe how big of a difference do you think there is at this point between the online meta and the paper meta it's been a while since we've had big paper tournaments is there a difference or i don't know i guess you have 1200 people variance is a thing so maybe it's just kind of a fluke that some of the decks that are really popular online uh, no hammer time in the top eight either and that's like the number one deck i think online so what is the paper meta different than the online meta or is it just the variance of a big tournament I mean, it's always different. Yeah, Vegas. This is this is Vegas, so it it might be different in the sense that people like migrate into Vegas to play. But in general, 
when you're talking about like thousand dollar decks, two thousand dollar decks, people just play what they have, right? So for modern and legacy, so you usually have like pretty ingrown metagames. So like if you played like legacy in Seattle, it looks very different than playing legacy uh, at Roanoke, right? Based on the players that play there and what they own. And then when you have things like Eternal Weekend, uh, the, the actual physical eternal weekend where people come from all over the country. It's like a hodgepodge, like everyone's mixing. But if you're going to like these little tours on different cities, the meta is actually very different. And uh, it's kind of like local game stores, right? Like your local game store might have a very different meta than the one 20 minutes down the road. But, you know, online meta just mixes all the time. So, you know, it looks pretty homogenous, but the local individual metas are pretty different. Well, uh, unless you got any other thoughts about MTG Vegas or modern, should we talk about some secret layer drops? That was the, the other big piece of news from the week. Wizards, it's secret layer anniversary. Second, oh man, it's already been two years since they started printing a secret layer. Second anniversary of secret layers. And Wizards announced a huge set of drops, a really, really massive set of drops with some interesting stuff. Probably the most interesting part of this drop, though, is some we've never seen before in secret lair which is a full 100 card commander deck that you can buy as a secret layer drop for 100 so uh richard what's on this uh what's on this commander deck all right it is a okan zender split coin flip deck and there are one two three four five cards that are double-sided uh the two sides are the same card but one side is foil, one side is non-foil. They both have different art uh, to play off the, the coin flippy theme. And then you have basically a coin flip deck. Uh, the rest of the cards are reprints, so they're original uh, or normal printings. But you do get the, the five special cards, and they're Propaganda, Zender Split, Okan, Kark's Thumb, Stitch in Time. And the, the thing of note here is if we just look at the the retail value of all the cards, it's about $270 right now. Uh, you get a lot of expensive cards, uh, Sakashima the Imposter, Gamble, uh, Commander's Plate, Shadow Sphere, uh, Kark's Thumb, Academy Ruins. Those are all like $10, $15 cards. Uh, so the, the value you get here is enormous. The, the retail price of this deck is $99, but it's also a first. The first time they're selling a straight up full deck uh, so they're selling like commander pre-cons directly through secret layer. What do you guys actually think about that? Also, uh, before before I get into that, it's also half foil. Could be even worth a little bit more if some of the good reprints are foil. So, oh boy, I got to say I was blown away by this deck as far as just how much value it offered. I was watching the live stream when they announced it and they announced the deck before talking about the price and i was definitely expecting a pretty high number when you think about layer drops a lot of them are about three to five cards for thirty dollars so i was doing the math in my head i was like oh my god like 100 cards secret layer style like this is going to be a thousand dollar deck or something a hundred dollars actually seems like a incredibly fair price for the amount of value you're getting even if you don't really care about the deck just the value of the the staple singles and plus you get all the soul rings and arcane signets and a bunch of other like not swift foot boots uh, lightning greaves a bunch of not like super expensive cards but incredibly playable cards uh, for a commander collection so i actually feel like it's a really good buy just for uh, if you want the deck or for anyone that just wants a bunch of commander staples and doesn't have these cards this is way cheaper 
cheaper than buying them on the secondary market. My main concern is like, how much of this can you do before it really starts to hurt local game stores? Like Secret Layers, that was always kind of a concern with those as well, where you're taking these expensive singles and you're selling a Bitter Blossom for $30 when your local game store is selling them for $40 and your local game store has to buy those from somewhere at some price. Like, is this going to hurt local game stores? This seems like the same concerns I had about the normal smaller Secret Layer drops, but kind of on steroids. You got a ton of cards. It's a really good deal. These are cards that theoretically your local game store was hoping to sell or, you know, getting on their buy list in hopes of selling. Ah, so that's my concern. I think it's a great product for players, and I think it's kind of just like a snap buy for anyone that has the money because you're getting way more than uh, you're spending in terms of value, and a lot of those cards are actually pretty playable in Commander. But I do have a little worry, like, boy, if we start doing this every time, is that just another nail in the coffin of the local game store? Are, are we still pretending Wizards cares about LGSs? <laughs> like, okay, let, let, let's think about what happened here. Organized play. Am selling directly on Amazon, right? Like booster boxes, right? And then secret layer, like just just chase the most expensive chase cards, right? Just just only those ones, right? Like fetch lands, you know, promo versions, things like that. And then now they're selling decks. Like I, I don't know, like I I feel Wizards has shown that they, you know they're not in for supporting LGSs. Uh, they, they've been down this trend for a while, and. For them, it makes sense, right? Like, what is the point of this, like, distribution layer? That's what an LGS basically is, right? How to get products in the hand of people when you can just send, you know, sell them directly and then take all the profits, right? So we were afraid they were selling singles uh, when, when they started doing secret layer. And we said, okay, those are just promo versions, right? But that's all, like, wizard sells nowadays, like, promo versions, right? Like, you know, set boosters, collector boosters. And then now they're basically selling other expensive singles, bundled as a deck so pretty soon i think they're just going to sell straight up singles like not even promo versions and I, I i don't know right like the answer is don't support them but people say that and then they go buy this deck because it's so much value right <laughs> they, 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 need, they need the cards for cheap and the wizards is like oh this is great everyone loves it and they just keep making them right so i don't know right uh, like that's that's how it is uh, yeah yeah i mean how important do you think LGSs are to the ecosystem? Like, I guess that's the question. There, there's like this default position that I've just always had that LGSs are super important. Are they super important in 2021? Or are they, is this like uh, when Amazon came around and sold all their stuff online and all the local bookstores just like couldn't keep up and like that sucks. But at the same time, everyone likes getting, you know, their books on the cheap without leaving their house. So in some sense, like it kind of works out for people, because if, you know, if people really disliked it so much, they would be supporting their local bookstore instead of buying the book, you know, at half price on Amazon. What do you think? Are LGS is essential in 2021 or with Arena and with all this other stuff like I don't know. Do they not matter as much anymore? I, I think they still serve like a purpose in that like you do want to have a game store to go play at you know for all these pre-release events all this other stuff because like playing online at a pre-release just is not the same as going to a paper pre-release i just don't know if this helps keep that around like it, it with with the way secret layer is going i i feel like part of me also thinks that the bitter truth is that maybe they aren't a necessity yeah, like we all love LGSs because that's kind of like where we started playing. 
But I, I think the biggest nail in the coffin is like, okay, after a year plus of lockdown where basically you could not go to your LGS and play, Wizards has been doing better than ever. Um, so what does that say about LGSs? Is that really a short-term thing? Like the idea is like maybe you go to your LGS to buy Monopoly and then you see some people playing Magic and you're like, oh, that game's still around. And then you buy some cards and you play, you join the community. Uh, but like how often does that really happen? And like, is it better to just be like, I'm going to watch some Hearthstone on Twitch and then there's a Magic Arena ad and I'll click on that and then... You know, I'm into Magic now. Like, I feel Wizards has shifted their on-ramp of new players to Magic Arena versus LGSs. And I'm sure COVID did not help because they saw like, hey, everything's going swell even with lockdown. So maybe LGSs aren't needed, which is kind of sad, but I I don't know. That's, it reminds me of what we kind of talked about with organized play to some extent. Like, we had all this lockdown and no one could go play Magic. And then uh, Wizards still made more money than ever. So then you get this thought, like, maybe organized play doesn't actually matter. We always think of organized play as really important for keeping players invested, giving players something to, you know, strive for and try to attain. But then the pandemic happened and we didn't have it at all. And Wizards still keeps making more and more money. So from Wizards perspective, I can see how they can be like, well, I don't know, maybe it's not as important as we thought. At the same time, like, I still feel like it has to matter. Like, going, having a place you can go and play uh, with your friends, go into a commander game, go into a Friday Night Magic, go into a pre-release. So I feel like, uh, to some extent, Wizards, like, wants to make all the money that they can, and they're willing to prioritize that about ever, uh, over everything. But at the same time, I think they also do want to try to keep local game stores going to some extent, because I do think, like, things like pre-release and whatnot actually matter to them, but it doesn't seem like, with a lot of the choices Wizards makes, that they really care about local game stores at this point. And doubly so, like, the big exclusive local game store product was Innistrad double feature the set that has just been like widely panned by the whole community like the the one set that wizards is not going to sell directly is the set that everyone seems to agree is like the worst laziest product that wizards has made in the last like several years or something so even that seems like kind of a a slap in the face to the local game stores so i don't know it's definitely a a weird a weird scary time Uh, i would hate to think of local game stores not being necessary but i do wonder if wizards views them as necessary at this point so we're going to buy the deck. Is I it mean, too much value to pass up? I, Regardless of the value, I like the deck just because the artworks, because it looks like Steve Ditko, kind of like old Marvel comics. So I, I, I was going to buy the deck. I'm not being tricked by wizards. I don't need all these cards. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, I need a gamble, but I already bought the secret layer gamble, right? I like commander's plate. I need one of those, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to spend another $85 on cards. I'm not going to play. Right. So I think I'm going to wait for Secret Lair Commander's Plate and Shadow Spear, which is definitely going to happen at some point, right? So I, I need the equipment, but I'll just wait for the Secret Lair version. Like, well, yeah, maybe, I just, maybe I just buy the single of the, the Xander Split and Okuan. Oh, yeah, usually, I mean, you could usually pretty expensive, right? Like, if you buy Secret Lairs on, like, uh, like outside of Secret Lair, aren't they a lot more expensive usually? Actually, some places are. Some places have them just straight up like fairly priced, right? I mean, like if I spent like twenty dollars on the Xander split and then twenty dollars on the Ocon, I saved sixty bucks, right? If that's what I wanted, yeah. Or you buy the secret lair drop for what sixty more bucks, and you sell the gamble and you sell the commander's plate. 
and the soul ring and the arcane signet and then you'd have extra money in your pocket i don't maybe that's i just always think too financy time. but but that's i i tend to always time. think of the value that way but what if you use card conduit to ship your cards out oh <laughs> just buy, buy, buy the secret layer drop pull out the two commanders and just ship them the deck and see what they can get for it i gotta ask card like how many how many straight up like 99 card <laughs> secret layer commander decks did you get because someone just bought it pulled out a card and like profited the rest <laughs> so so outside of the commander deck there's also a bunch of other secret layer drops uh, I don't think we're going to read each and every card. There's kind of a lot of them, but do any of the other drops really uh, really speak to you? What's your favorite? I've been waiting to oh. rant all week. Ooh, all, right. all right, give me the rant. Secret Lair X Arcane. Okay? Yeah! Arcane, the greatest show ever made, okay? Like, it is so good. It, you should watch it. The even finale if you know is amazing. You know, League of Legends, like, I, no one knows what the plot is, right? It's, like, one of those things where there's theoretically lore, but, like, no one knows it. Uh, but the show is amazing, amazing animation, everything. And then I heard there's going to be Season an arcane two? secret lair. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course that, right? But back to magic, right? There's going to be a secret lair drop. Amazing, right? Who, who doesn't want to play as, like, Vi or Jinx or whatever, right? So here are the cards. They basically slapped generic art onto existing magic cards and called it Secret layer, right? We have Path to Exile, uh, Ristic Study, Thran Dynamo, Counterflux. And then Ristic Study is called Unstable Harmonics, and Thran Dynamo is Hexcore. And it's just generic screenshots from the show. Like, not even custom art. Uh, <laughs> not new cards. And to me, this, this feels like the biggest cash grab of all time. Like, this is exactly what Secret Lair should it be. And I am very upset at this. And I know, Krim, you love Arcane as well. What do you think about the Secret Lair? Are you going to buy it? I mean, yeah, I'm going to buy it. Because I want that <laughs> I want that Rhystic Study. I, I want that Rhystic Study. I want that Path. I want the the Hex Core. And I want Counterflux. The one thing... And, you know, I, I think it's listed. There's one mystery card or something, right? There, but There's like, some cards that will spoil the plot. So they haven't revealed them yet. Okay, they did announce so, the cards. It's, a, it's duress. I can't remember the other two. But if you watch Watsi's stream from last week, they told you what the magic versions of the cards were but not you couldn't see the art or the, like the arcane name oh what, what were the the actual like what were the cards one of them's the duress i remember one of them's duress and none of them were like super high value but i don't remember what the other what the other two were off the top of my head well the one thing i think that is amiss like i i, I love the ristic studies thing and, and it, like with just the screenshot i i i, I get that right but and, and, I, and I want all of that, actually. But the one thing I didn't like was that they totally didn't do anything like, you know, put Vi or Jinx or any of those characters yet. Now, unless for some odd reason Duress is like Silco or something like that, I just don't see that being a thing, right? So I'm kind of sad. They really missed out on the, the opportunity here to like just, let's just say like, well, literally make Jace Jace, right? And, and then all, like a few of the other carries, like make Jinx, I don't know, some, some, uh, is it commander, right? Yeah. And then like, and Vi could be some Boros or something like that. And like, I, I think they really dropped the ball on, like, if they wanted to be a cash grab, they somehow found a way to fail at cash grabbing because I, I think it would have been way more successful if they would have dropped this, this drop and then actually made the characters that you like from the show. Like, why don't we have a Victor? Why don't we have a Vi? Why don't we have a Jinx? Any of that. Keep in mind, I don't play League of Legends, and God, do I love this show. 
So I really wanted to see those characters. Just custom art. Like literally this looks like you went to the custom magic subreddit and someone's <laughs> like, I love arcade so much. Look at the altars I made, right? And they, they took like, you know, generic <laughs> screenshots because that's all the publicly available images, right? They couldn't get an artist to like draw some of these. Like, yeah. Oh, like just this reusing of art. Like it doesn't really feel arcane right? Like if you look at Counterflux, like, you know, yeah, is that League of Legends? You know, you look at Path to Exile, like you have to know exactly what Jace looks like from arcane like but they don't feel league of legends right like you i don't know this is a bad cash grab they somehow failed at this (laughs) i i I think yeah like the 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 path is fine i love the path i like the 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 ristic the counterflux i don't like because it's art wise i know that's jinx in there or powder whichever one you want to have it be but like it's so small like maybe it looks better in person Right, maybe the cropping is weird uh, on the digital version, but like Counterflux looks very tiny, and I can't even tell that that's Jinx. And you're entirely missing on the uh, like the main characters. Like outside of like the Jace one, you cannot tell where the main characters are or or at all. Yeah, and they, they should have just made Jace Jace the Mind Sculptor. Like, I, I don't know. Oh, that would have been amazing. Uh, like, come on, that would have been amazing. <laughs> come on. Okay, and then here's I, the here's the worst cash grab of all: Secret Lair X Arcane Lands, <laughs> and it's five basics: Forest Island, Mountain Plain Swamp, and they're just like generic background art from Arcane places those those are the ones i'm not getting and it's funny because i love arcane like those are the ones like wow that is so miserably boring uh i I am getting the promos if crim if crim's not buying this you know this is like the lowest tier secret layer layer drop it's a show he likes and he loves promo printings of cards (laughs) yeah like this this oh my god how do you ah, how do you mess that up i'm i'm disappointed pointed for a very a very different reason i was expecting like desperate ritual maybe through the breach uh you know the actual arcane cards when i heard this i was like oh that's kind of cool we're going back to kamikawa i can get like a sweet promo lava spike or whatever and then i looked at it and i was like i don't even know what this is arcane that's that's not arcane what is the what is this so so yeah i mean i mean uh, the fact C-minus. they didn't do that either like that's sad like they could have definitely brought back old arcane cards but like yeah like they they, they somehow found a way to we they, they chose the one line <laughs> that was like the, like there were many lines they could have taken when it when it came to this arcane drop and made it amazing and i would have bought pretty much like two copies of each drop but they found the one line where it's like wow uh i guess i'm okay with it like it it, it was kind of underwhelming yeah they they, they they spent 30 minutes in the tank and then uh after like five judge warnings they just trump attacked like that's yep that's yep <laughs> i was like I, I was ready okay you know there's not a lot of stuff that can get richard to spend his secret lair money you know, Bob Ross was one of them. I, I heard Arcade. I, my wallet was ready. My wallet was ready. <laughs> then I saw the cards. And, like, I wanted to cry. Like, I, I was so upset. Like, so actually upset <laughs> that this was the product that I, I cannot, like, oh, Like, I'm going to have to alter these cards myself. I'm going to have to hire <laughs> artists to, like, alter. Like, yo, take this counterflux and put Jinx in it, please. <laughs> yeah, like, put actual Jinx where I can see her. This hex core is fine, I guess. But, like, oh, my God. I just, that's such a bummer. Like, Hex, I mean, like, the, the entire Arcane show is so good. And I was so excited for this. Ugh. 
Yeah, I have, I haven't watched it yet. As far as far as the other drops, the one I wanted to mention is uh, we got more Dracula cards. Uh, the same kind of like Dracula skins that we got with Crimson Vow, but the Secret Lair drop it's got an Exquisite Blood, a Knight's Whisper, and a Phyrexian Tower. Uh, another one that's pretty solid value wise because Exquisite Blood's almost a forty dollar card by itself. It's like thirty five bucks, and Tower is like fifteen or twenty bucks. So that's another one that if you're picking it up for thirty bucks, you're getting like sixty dollars worth of cards or something. So another good uh commander collection builder i would say with the with the dracula drop uh, welcome to castle dracula i guess it's called uh yeah that that one was actually pretty interesting i mean i i i really like just the art on the cards and yet the fact that dracula's tomb is phyrexian tower i'm kind of down for that so super cool card or drop we also have dracula lands five lands basics but full art with Dracula's in them, uh, much better than the arcane drop. Yes. <laughs> Would you play these ones? No. <laughs> I, I, I think for me, basic lands are kind of boring. Like they need to stop putting that. Like if they're if they're gonna if they're gonna make something like real estatey and like whatnot, they gotta go. Maybe that that Dracula land. Like, and I love Dracula things. Just isn't for me. But the the pixelated snowlands those ones are cool all right we have pixel snowlands and it's pixel art in like a windows 94 like a windows 95 or 3.1 i guess i don't know like an old school wow windows wow screen. very specific <laughs> <laughs> Someone, someone's gonna be like oh actually it was windows like 2.5 right? i don't know what the numbers <laughs> are but yeah it's like old school pixel art lands uh those are also a five drop and I, why there's so many like basic land drops here like is wizards expecting everyone to like buy 30 basic lands every year like but yeah i agree with Krim. pixel lands are pretty sweet yeah, yeah. The pixel lands definitely are cool they're just so expensive like that's the uh, that's the well, killer part with the basic land drops is you get one of each for 30 dollars that's you're paying like six dollars a land and then the uh, original snow land drop like super like value now like it, it's like expensive to like buy <laughs> Yeah, if, the, if there's one rule for secret layer drops is that pretty much all the basic land drops end up being really valuable in the long run because I, I guess a lot of people seize, oh, $6 a piece for basic lands and don't buy them. So then they end up being worth a ton on the secondary market. So I think they are actually a good buy financially, but still like, ah, uh, if I want to build a commander deck, how, how do you even do that? You know how much money it would cost just to get enough basic lands to have matching art to do a commander deck? <laughs> it would be Very, so, it would cost more than the, the rest strategy. of the deck. Well, yeah, you just do what I do. Yeah, it's, I'll tell you how much it is. $30 if you want to buy the, the, the non-foil, $40 if you want to buy the foil. Uh, you just play one, one, one of each artwork. You celebrate all the, like, think about this. That's, it's the perfect way to even play your secret layer uh, uh, drops. You just have one of each type or of each art, and you get to celebrate all the artworks that have existed throughout Magic. I think uh, I think the flip with the drop is pretty cool. I, I think the art is unique the, on the that one. Waldo? It's, yeah, yeah so the art it's basically it like Waldo-esque. Waldo type art but instead of waldo fibblethip is hidden somewhere do yeah. do i actually want that on my magic card though like like i feel like i didn't really like this drop at all like i like the idea of fibblethip but like imagine we're playing a game of commander already a lot of things are going on i already lose track of what triggers i'm trying to keep a track of and then while i'm doing that i like you're doing something you're announcing your turn and i'm just kind of looking at my own card off in like <laughs> n- n- like wonderland trying to find fibblethip 
Krim, did you get that? Does that resolve what? <laughs> Where, what are you doing? <laughs> I, I, I mostly want them on arena for uh, when people are roping. <laughs> so I'll have something oh. to do. So I can just <laughs> pop up my whatever well of lost dreams and try to find Flibblethip while my opponent's you know rope is slowly ticking down and I'm getting all salty. So <laughs> Well, you never have to worry about the rope anymore. Everybody just concedes at the end of game one so, so they don't get fully punished for their <laughs> loss. So you, you don't get to worry about ropes anymore. <laughs> oh, so are you guys picking up any of these layer drops? So I, I, I feel really, really peeved at the fact that I am going to pick up the Ristic Studies drop. Because at the same time, I just feel like I, I'll, it'll be a lot like Star Wars Episode 8 and 9. It'll always be in the back of my mind, what could have been? <laughs> like, what could have been? And... and <laughs> Even, yeah, see, even my dog is not happy about it, right? And then, <laughs> and I, I think I'm picking up the far out one and the snowlands. Goose egg for I, me. They, they lost their ooh, chance. Ooh. They lost their chance at Q4 money from Richard with this horrendous secret layer from Arcade. I'm, I'm just gonna, I don't know, subscribe to Netflix five times in rage to support <laughs> Arcade. <laughs> oh, you know what I'll do? I, I'll log into League of Legends, okay? I haven't played League of Legends in a long time. I'm going to boost their returning customer metric. I'm going to buy some random skins for Vi and Jinx and then just log out. And that's it. <laughs> Apparently, I, I, I'm probably going to pick up the, the commander deck, actually, just because the value is so good. I don't think I'll get any of the other ones. I wonder, speaking of logging into League of Legends, Tomer mentioned that this week, too, because of the Arcane show. Like, I haven't been in League of Legends for I, I don't know how many years, he said, but he was going to try to, like, fire up his account again. Do you think the Magic show can do that for Magic? Like, apparently this Arcane show is actually getting people to play League of Legends and people who haven't oh, the, played in a long numbers. time. It's, like, it's, yeah, it's, like, it's working. It's doing what you want the show to do. Do you think that the Magic show will be like this? Or is that something else to dread in the future that, you know, League of Legends gets this awesome show that everyone loves. Even people who don't even play their game love it. And then we're going to play the Magic show on Netflix and everyone's going to be like, ah, boo. Like, that's the worst show I've ever seen. (laughs) I, I, I don't think there is a timeline where like where Magic show is even a fraction of as good as as Arcane is because The one thing I know for sure um, with the discussions I've had with friends and whatnot uh, is Riot actually spent money for a writing team. And if the the novels and all of that of magic are a good indicator when they already have like he's a really big fantasy writer in the world of fantasy right now. I was talking to a buddy about this and he was like, yeah, he's right there for the choosing and he actually has a cube. And he openly talks about magic and he's a very successful, uh, fantasy writer. And magic still hasn't, they didn't even, they overlooked him to even pick, to pick him to do a story. There's no way they will spend the money to find real writers to make the show amazing. And like the thing here is already it, it makes it seem like the show is going to be like kind of like more along the lines of kids show, whereas arcane is definitely not that. So. Arcane is just good. Like, it is just a solid show regardless of what the IP is. And I just do not see Magic making that. So, no. <laughs> That's what Magic would have to do, of course. And and I know that they won't. Yeah, I think Krim is right. How, like, check the budgets for these things, right? And uh, my hope is we don't lose players because of the show. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. this embarrassingly bad show. And you're like, I, I cannot play Magic. I can't, like... <laughs> tell my mom I play this game after she watches the show she's like what is this nonsense 
Uh, but yeah, I don't think they have the budget. And like Crip is right, we, we've had novels and comics for the longest time, and Wizards does not really invest into that. But you never know. Maybe they turn around. Maybe they take all the secret layer money and like funnel it into like the greatest show ever to sell like more secret layers. Hopefully, they don't botch their own secret layer. Uh, <laughs> Which uh, magic's secret layer magic? <laughs> yeah. Like I, I genuinely w- would think that if if Wizards actually just invested because they want the success that Arcane is having with literally no investment. Like it, they want this result, but they hire they hire like me to animate the show, and I cannot animate anything. So you know what I mean? Like, like I I think that's the issue here. So they need to shell the money out if they want to even have a chance at mirroring this in any way. Also, Riot is really good at these production things. Like you know they they made music videos. They somehow like broke into the K-pop scene, right? Like as a game company, that's weird. Uh, their opening ceremonies for worlds and stuff are always really highly regarded. So it's not like this is the first time they're doing something like this. So they've always had like really good uh, But this I would say is one of the more stuff. ambitious. Yeah. I, you know how like, okay, so if Riot made Imagine Dragons, which I hate, do the theme song and actually even appear in the show, I bet you Magic is going to, the show will somehow mess it up and probably put like Nickelback or something like that, right? I mean, I, I, so they'll find a way to make a band that I despise even more and put them in the show. All right, everybody, you like Nickelback? No. <laughs> what? Oh yeah, that's uh, that is a concern. I also do not have much faith in a uh, in Magic Show being as awesome. Do you think it's a case of Wizards not having the money or just uh, not investing it wisely? Like Blizzard has to make more money than than Wizards, right? Like they're they're bigger and more profitable. I assume. Like could or Wizards R- make Riot? an awesome show or <laughs> yeah. Riot? Yeah, Blizzard. That's the other, that's the other card game maker sets. <laughs> now we got we got yeah. too many we got too many different options. But like, could Wizards afford to do this and they're choosing not to or does wizards just not have the money i think the okay to make arcane i genuinely think that the the budget is probably like close to like millions per episode like like so i i just don't think that wizards will want to shell that out yeah like like so does hasbro have the money i'm sure they can like dig it up if they wanted to right but dig it up dig as if they actually had to yeah (laughs) but like you know are they willing to make that investment given the track record of their IP and their team and, you know, whatever, right? Like, you know, if, if someone said, I guarantee you that if you spend this much money, you'll have an arcane smash hit, everyone would do it, right? Everyone that could like scrounge up the money would do it, right? But it's not, right? You put in all this money and maybe your team doesn't execute and you end up with like hot garbage, right? Think about all like the Hollywood quote unquote blockbusters where they spend like hundreds of millions and it's a flop. Right. Like, you know, everyone wants John to be the Carter, next Wars, water world. They don't yeah, want to be like, those. You might though. end up with a water world or something. Right. So it's, it's risky. Right. So it's not a, a surefire bet. And I guess Wizards track record is not super good with uh, things outside of making cardboard uh, for the most part. Like we're still having arena issues. There hasn't been a great track record. So I could see why Hasbro would be skeptical of greenlighting some, you know, uh, tens of millions of dollars TV show. Although at the same time, like. Oh, it's working. That track record is is of their own doing, though, or undoing, if you want. Uh, yeah. Like, like, like once again, like if they just paid really good writers on the novel for like a really good author, like I guarantee you, some of the best fantasy authors out there probably play Magic, and they would be thrilled to write a story for you. Yeah. 
No, that that is true. They definitely could do more. Well, huh. any other thoughts or should we answer some fish mail questions? All right, Richard, All right. take it away. If you have questions, send them to at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MTG Fish Mail. We'll get to your questions on air. Uh, right to Flores. What if there was a rarities matters mechanic? Logistically speaking, it would be introduced in Commander. Think about it. A black spell that says kill target common creature. In theory, it shouldn't be very difficult. I feel like the risk is card prices are often upshifted. Yeah, well, yeah, that that as well as the fact that I don't think you want to punish or encourage people to play certain rarities because cards are expensive. Like we see this, especially on Arena, where like rares or mythics are really expensive. I would hate to see a card that was like tutor for a mythic or something, because then that's just like pushing you to spend more money and play more expensive cards. So that would be my big concern uh, is, is just I like the we're price already there aspects. though. <sighs> you think so? Tutor for I a did. card, $10 or more from you. Yeah. Deck. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like that. We're would be already good. there, right? Think about how much we're dropping on wild cards anyways, right? Like it's, it's, we're, I think the idea that punish for playing like a, a mythic card or, or not having a mythic card or a rare card we're already being punished, right? Like every, once you get above, like I think bronze, you're pretty much already immediately punished for logging in by not having those cards. But that just like codifies it. <laughs> it's like right in your face. Like, oh, I wish I, you know, had the wild cards to have a mythic to tutor up wizards. Thank you for giving me that in my booster. Like maybe some it four weeks hurt. from now, I will have the <laughs> have the ability to open enough packs to get a mythic <laughs> wild card, and then I will put this in my deck. It'll be sweet. It already hurts us like the, it, like every time, but it would be funny if we got past that as your like last pick in draft or something like that. <laughs> hey, bud, here you go. <sighs> this is it's weird. So wizards used to do stuff like this, like you have like destroy all homelands cards or destroy all Arabian Nights <laughs> cards, like these like really meta cards. Uh, so the weird thing here is like, what do you do with reprints? What if it was like a common upshifted to uncommon or downshifted or whatever? Or, you know, what if you're playing the expedition version? Is that a mythic or is that a rare? Um, and also like we already have things that target legendary creatures. Like that's not even like, that, that's like a pseudotype, right? Like, but wizards prints those. So are we that far removed from printing like destroy target mythic? I, I don't know. But I don't think so. The rarity shifting. But I think it was just stated. They don't want to do this, right? That's that's targeted specifically for unsets. I think they've actually said that at some point. The rarity shifting would be but, really complicated because some cards are different rarities and they're all legal and standard. So I think like there's common abrades and there's uncommon abrades. And if you have counter target common, depending on what version your opponent put in your deck, your card may or may not work. That would be very odd. But like, what would this even be though? Like a fatal push where it's free. If you or target a mythic? would it be very odd, Seth, or would <laughs> like, it be very common <laughs> 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 or uncommon? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could be a removal spell that like, I mean, I guess if it was, if it just said destroy target mythic, it would be unplayable. But if it was destroy target creature, this is free if you are targeting a mythic or something. That is some sort of bonus if you target a certain rarity. That might be playable. Oh, All right. what, destroy what about target common, you could blow up a land. <laughs> you could actually just blow up a land. Oh, that's, that's not bad. Uh, you know, you can have arena versions. You know, you can go full Hearthstone, right? If your deck only has mythics, <laughs> you can play this spell for free. 
Yeah. Stuff like that, right? Yeah. Coming soon to a uh, historic. Uh, all right. Uh, Joshua Caps 15. What's up with the quality of magic cards? Misprints, wrong names on commanders. I feel like every set there's a mistake. Do you think the more complicated cards are getting harder to keep quality up on? I mean, there's just so much stuff, right? There's just so much stuff coming out. But I, I think that's probably why there's so many mistakes. That's kind of my guess, too, is that maybe their team hasn't scaled with the amount of products that they're making yet. And uh, they just don't have enough people to keep up with the amount of products that they're making. But, yeah, definitely uh, quality control has gotten a lot worse in the last couple of years compared to where it was before that. So I don't know. I guess I'm hopeful that they'll maybe be able to hire more people and that will take care of it. But I think it's certainly at an unacceptable level at this point. At Wajowza, with Watsi selling better than pre-con EDH decks via a secret layer, what do you uh, do? You think modern could be next? They could make bank and beat market prices. Hmm. Maybe. I mean, they've done the. They've already shown that they 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 made the what is it the the pioneer event deck. So maybe they make a modern event deck again. I could see something like that. Tell me, uh, like. I don't. It, yeah, not again. But they. Could. I mean, I'm definitely <clears throat> wouldn't be expecting full, you know, fifteen hundred dollar tier jund as a hundred dollar deck. But I wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of modern like pre con deck they could sell. Yeah, they, they, I mean, they, they will have a deck with like one monkey, one saga, <laughs> right? Secret layer version, of course, and then it'll it'll be like a quasi functional deck, basically like the modern event decks used to be, right? You needed to buy two or to upgrade them into like a, a real deck. Uh, because you can't jam four Ragavans to attack and sell it, right? Uh, but, you know, you'll have like a smattering of modern staples and then they'll put some secret layer art and then they'll sell it to you for like $100, $200 and people will eat it up. So uh, if Wizards is not doing it, then I, I'm already questioning them, right? <laughs> like it's like free money. Uh, so why would they not do it if they just already did a commander version? Commander is easy because you don't really have the same optimization issues like... Commander people play what they have and what they want. So I think you can get away with it more. I think if you print Jund and give people, you know, one Tarmogoy for whatever, uh, I don't know. Will people still be hyped to buy it? I guess if it's a good enough deal, like if you're getting $400 a card, yeah, like it's you, still worth it. The answer will be buy four of these and you have Jund, right? And then plus all these other cards you could sell. Yeah. No, I guess that's true. I mean, you're essentially buying the commander pre-con for like five cards and selling the rest, right? So you're gonna, you're gonna buy these modern ones for you know the the four staples you want, and then sell the rest because they're quote unquote free, right? Yeah, I mean, if the price is good uh, enough. Do you think it'll be modern though, or do you think it'll be standard, pioneer, historic? Like, what what format do you think they'll actually do it on next? Well, historic, no, oh. because it doesn't exist in uh, in paper. Uh, they already do the the challenger decks for standard, so I feel like that's kind of covered. I think modern or pioneer would be the the most likely. I mean, yeah, like I I I would say definitely modern, right? Because I I don't know. I feel like pioneer's dead. I also think this commander deck's going to sell really well, and uh, they're going to do a ton more of these. I, I would not be surprised to see commander decks be a regular part of the secret layer rotation. Would you be willing to pay more if they did a two hundred dollar commander deck? Where's the limit to this? I mean, I, they gave you 10, 10, 10 promos and made it $200. To me, it all just depends on the, the value of the, the cards. If they gave me $1,500 Modern Jun for $1,000 or $800, snap by. <laughs> the, the absolute cost wouldn't really matter as much as like the, the surplus value that it offers.
But, but it's not really surplus value, right? Because as everyone gets their cards, they all sell them and then the price goes down, right? So it's going to meet some equilibrium somewhere. Yeah, that's true. You need to have enough excess value for it to be worth it. All right. Uh, last question. 11 Vicious. Serialized cards. You all laughed at me for Morrow's Toenails. <laughs> if this really happens, not only in Secret Lairs, but booster boxes, do you think this will change the game? Will it be positive or negative? So more Viscera Seers, what if they come in booster boxes? I think it's fine. I think as long as it's reprints, sure. it's probably a positive. I think uh, I think that cards like that, we saw that with the original masterpieces, can lower the prices of other cards. Uh, people open a lot of them chasing the lottery cards. As long as a reprints, I, I think it would actually probably be overall a positive, other than maybe some people not liking it and getting salty about it. Uh, but otherwise, I feel like it's it's all good as long as it's reprints. If they start doing it with new cards, then that's a disaster. A killing the game type disaster. If there was a one of a hundred, hundred new card that you know someone's going to get and have a huge pay-to-win advantage playing over everyone else. But as long as it's reprints, I think it's all positive. Like, what's the downside? Do you guys even see it? downside for doing that really no it, it i don't see a downside at least the bubble pops at some point and everyone's holding all these expensive <laughs> cards that are worth nothing like you know when when beanie babies or whatever were going up everyone was a genius right you buy one it like doubles in price you sell it no problem right but what happens after i buy my morrow's toenails and then <laughs> the magic bubble pops and everything's down to like you know 50 cents right so i think that could be a real problem like so far, to the best of my knowledge, like magic cards have only been going up for the past, like, I don't know, seven years, maybe since its inception, right? Like every year, magic cards go up in price. It's going to come down at some point, right? Like we, we at some point, people are going to be like, this is too expensive. Maybe the stock market crashes or something, right? Or maybe the economy has like a giant downturn and like a lot of these expensive cards will be worth a lot less. So I, I think if people are buying like super crazy one of one cards, like they might be hit the most or maybe not. Maybe it'll be the opposite because they're so rare. They're actually not hit. But at some point, this house of cards will fall down. I think I think magic cards have been going up for too long. At, at some point, it's going to correct and drop a bit. Oh. And, and then that's when all chaos breaks Loose. I would not feel comfortable investing in one of one or one of a hundred magic cards for that reason. I think it would be cool to open one of them. I think that would be exciting. But as far as like buying it with hopes of it going up in value, uh, uh, like you said, uh, there's definitely risk there. All right. So thank you to everyone who sent in questions. If you have questions, you can send them to at MTGoldfish with the hashtag MGFishmail. We'll get to your questions on air. And I believe that brings us to the end of episode 356 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So Richard, Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And we'll be back next week to talk about whatever goes on in the world of magic. So until then, have a spectacular week, everyone. And this is a crew signing out.